Hello and welcome to Main Sports Today. I'm your host, Adam Robinson. Thank you for tuning in once again. This is episode 7 and this week we have the Festival of Champions. I don't know if anyone is as excited as I am for this, but I always get jazzed for it every single year. What I'm not jazzed about is that I probably won't be able to make it just because I can't walk. Um, I have been on my couch and in my bed for the last like week and a half. I ventured out for the Oxford Hills and Levitt football game in Turner that I'll get to in a second. And that was only like three hours on my leg walking around and it was killer. And so I don't know that I can run around and chase runners in Belfast for the Festival of Champions, multiple races. Um, I don't think I can do that this year. I hopefully will be able to kind of recoup and get some physical therapy in in time for the championship meets. But that doesn't mean we can't uh, kind of get into the Festival of Champions and what to look for. In this episode, we have Derek Veyu, the man behind Main Mile Split. You'll see his tweets. You see him, his posts online. He does really great work for the main running community. And he has a bunch of articles up on me.milesplit.com. Just go there and you can see a bunch of his uh, work. But he's on this episode today to kind of preview the race and uh, talk about a couple of these runners, including Ruth White and where she kind of stacks up in, in the history of Maine cross-country running a little bit. It's a kind of a quick interview, but I got him in just to talk about this really big race. And Ruth White really is the person that I want to talk about right now, real quick. Um, Ruth just ran a 17:20 at the Manchester Invitational in New Hampshire, um, which you could probably guess is the best time in Maine so far this year. Uh, it might be her best time as a runner. I'd have to go check that. But 17:20 um, that's 40 seconds faster than T.N. Ewing's at 1801 uh, from Holton, who can beat Ruth in the 1600 in outdoors, but I don't think we'll uh, touch her on Saturday at festivals, although I think it'll be those two, one, two. And who knows, TN on that on that uh, course, uh, a really nice course and equal footing with Ruth, maybe she stays with her. And that's what's making me so mad that I can't go and watch and see how it all plays out because those two in outdoors are really fierce competitors. Um, and just two of the nicest people you'll meet. So really excited for the girls' race. And on the boys' side, we kind of get into it with Derek. But there are so many runners uh, at 1630, 1640 and under. Um, and Maddox Jordan is the one that is leading the way from Noble. He's the 1600-meter winner in outdoors last year and has the fastest time so far of the boys in Maine so far. So should be two really fun races. We have Derek to talk about that soon. I want to get into a couple uh, other local things here, and why not just get right into that Levitt and Oxford Hills football clash. Levitt won 21-14. to Noah Carpenter started the game on like the third play of the game, 55-yard touchdown right up the middle on Oxford Hills. And the uh, 
hole in the middle of the line that Levitt got on Oxford Hills, you never see that against the Vikings. And the Hornets did it. And the Hornets have always been known for their offensive line play, their defensive line play, always having just big hosses up front. And Mike Hathaway will tell you that it starts there. And, man, were they special on Saturday night, last Saturday, in Turner. That that atmosphere was insane. Mike Hathaway tweeted later that he heard it was around 4,200 people. He wasn't sure if that was, you know, accurate, but uh, it, it felt it. I mean, I was there a couple years ago in Turner when Cape went down the field in 10 minutes. We talked to Sean Green about it last week on the podcast when Cape went down in the playoffs, 10-minute drive to win the game at the last second. That was pretty packed. That was lined around the entire field, people on the on the fence. But this was multiple lines of people all the way around the fence. The stands were packed. It was homecoming night for Levitt. And both teams put on a, a heck of a show. Um, Brady Truman, the Oxford Hills quarterback, didn't have kind of had a first half to forget. But his second half was really strong, came on and kind of brought the Vikings back and it honestly started uh, at the end of the second quarter when he drove down, scored Oxford Hills' first touchdown and only left Levitt with like less than a minute left to play and it didn't didn't matter because uh, there was a great kick return uh, from Levitt and then uh, Carpenter ran for I think 26 yards, got out of bounds and then a couple plays later had a 29 yard touchdown pass and that kind of ruined Oxford Hills' plan of score before the half and then get the ball right after half. Um, Oxford Hills did score another touchdown in the second half, and neither team was too flashy in the second half. They they kind of both buckled down. That's what the good teams do. I didn't think it was going to be a huge shootout, but, um, man, was it fun. Uh, Levitt got the win. Oxford Hills um, has a loss on their resume, but nothing to be embarrassed about. And, you know, I don't want to be the podcast that goes and just looks at Varsity Maine's polls, but I thought this was interesting. They they put out their football poll, their top 10 this week, and something I used to vote on when I was with the Sun Journal. And two through seven are all Class A teams. And I, I bet you could get somewhat of the order, but it's Oxford Hills, Portland, Thornton Academy, Bonnie Eagle, Sanford, and then Wyndham. And... On the top of all those Class A teams is Levitt. They got all eight first place votes, and they have 80 votes total, and or 80 points total in their voting system. Point is, Levitt, Class C powerhouse, is on top of the top seven Class A teams. And then it's Kennebunk, Mesolonsky, and Foxcroft at 10th, which you just have to watch Foxcroft in person to realize um, just how awesome that program is at football. And I think that's kind of where the varsity main thing kind of runs into problems. And that's what I learned when I went up to the Bangor daily news is that there's a, there's a whole region of football that varsity main doesn't reach. And a lot of teams that they don't reach with their reporters. And that's just where they are. You know, that the, the central main paper is as North as they, as they get. And sometimes they venture out up North if they've got a team playing somebody up there, but you know, you don't see the Ornos and they, you don't see the uh, Foxcrofts and Dexters and, you know, teams up there that are really good, Bucksport. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a blind spot, but I don't 
don't hate these rankings this this week because Levitt really showed that I think that they are the best team in the state. Now Levitt has to play Chevrolet later. They have to play I think Thornton Academy this season. They have Lawrence on Friday. So it doesn't get, you know, much easier as we go along in the season. But getting that win under your belt really shows that you're ready for the big time. You can play with the big boys. There's no bigger team than Oxford Hills really right now in Maine. Maybe Thornton, and we'll see how that goes. But you get my point. They are here to stay, and they've proven what a lot of football fans kind of have been saying and hinting at recently, that Levitt in Turner, Maine, on that grass field, can play with anybody. All right, so let's go through a couple football games on Friday that I think you should keep an eye on. We have Cooney at Mount Blue. You know, two teams that aren't world beaters this year, but is always a good rivalry. And, and games at Mount Blue and Farmington, man, those are some really, really enjoyable games. Those, those fans really get into it. It's a great atmosphere, a great field. Uh, the lights are great. I, I really enjoy my time whenever I was covering games at Mount Blue. Lewiston at Scarborough at 7 on Friday I think will be a really good test for both teams. I think those are two teams that are pretty similar to each other right now. And Lewiston has a lot of potential. I mean, they, they got off to on the wrong foot against Oxford Hills to start the season, but they bounced back. They're 2-2, two and two, and I think that that's a game that the Blue Devils, with Jason Versey coaching them up, I think that that's a game Lewiston can go win. We also have Matt and Alcook at Bucksport. Bucksport's going to look to bounce back after their loss to Orono last week. We've got Poland at Wells. Might be the game of the week. Poland undefeated. Wells really good in Class C. Kind of the favorite to get to the um, regional title in Class C from a lot of people. But Poland, they've got something going there. And I think we'll, we'll learn a lot about how the Knights do at Wells against that running attack. Their Poland's defense has been really strong. Not giving up a lot of points this year. So Poland at Wells is a game that I think we should keep an eye on. Edward Little's going to look to get into the win column with uh, their home game, homecoming game against Spalding from New Hampshire. We'll see how that goes. Winslow at Lisbon, two teams that are pretty strong. I think that that'll be another fun game as well. And Winthrop at John Baps. It says on, on Friday, I think it's Saturday, um, but that will be a fun Class D game as well, two, two top teams in Class D. On Saturday, we have Mountain Valley at Yarmouth. Mountain Valley just lost a heartbreaker to Camden Hills last week, but um, should be able to bounce back. They're, they're a really fun offense. They run the ball a lot. They're playing against Yarmouth, who is a lot of people's eight-man favorite this year. Orono at Dexter. Dexter's kind of a down team, and Orono's 4-0. They just beat undefeated Bucksport last week, but that's always a really fun rivalry. And also Oxford Hills and Bangor are both playing New Hampshire teams this week. So should be some fun ones this weekend. We've also got some really fun soccer games and field hockey games this week, as well as the headliner this weekend, the Festival of Champions. Golf as well is getting into the championship season with people and teams qualifying for 
regional and state championship golf meets. But we're going to be focusing on the Festival of Champions this week, and that leads us directly into our interview with Main Mile Splits, Derek Veyu. Okay, we now welcome on Derek Veyu, the Scarborough track and field coach and the man behind Main Mile Split. Uh, Derek, thank you for coming on the program. My pleasure. We, this week, are previewing uh, Festival of Champions uh, over in Belfast. Every year it happens, and every year it's it's uh, electric. And I wanted to start with someone we've had on the, the show already, Ruth White. Uh, she just ran 1720 in, where was it, the Manchester Invitational, and she broke a course record there. And um, 1720 in Maine is is insane. Just what... I, I haven't talked to you about her, and you've seen a lot of cross country and a lot of running in your day. Just how would you put Ruth in perspective for people that may not kind of follow cross country as much as you and I do? Yeah, I mean Ruth is special. She's a special athlete. Um, just you know, looking at her size and then uh, seeing her get out there and just looks like she's going full bore uh, right from the start or right to the end. There's no let up with Ruth and. You know, she's been the uh, best runner in Maine for for her high school career in cross country. Never lost a, a cross country race uh, in the state of Maine, um, and I don't expect that to uh, to happen anytime soon. Let's put it that way. Um, her run at Manchester last week was pretty special. Yeah, I mean, seventeen twenty. You don't see that from from runners from Maine like at all on the on the girls' side. Um, and you you put out the last twenty or some odd champions of the festival of champions, and she has the best time. Last year she ran seventeen twenty seven. We've, we've had some really strong runners like Abby Leonardi, who went on to um, Oregon, Emily Durgan, who is now a professional runner, and even Sophie Matson from Falmouth um, a couple of years ago. Would you say that Ruth is is uh, the best out of those runners that we've seen the last few years? I mean, I certainly, certainly think that she's right up there. Uh, yeah. Probably, probably, definitely, uh, probably ahead of Emily and, um, you know, Sophie was a two-time uh, footlocker runner and uh, Ruth will have that chance this year. And I think, you know, she she's approaching, you know, in that consideration. You hate to put a number on. On yeah. somebody because it's so hard to judge. But um, Abby Leonardi was the Ruth White of her era, yeah. uh, you yeah. could say, and uh, I think they're very comparable. Yeah, Leonardi was running when I was in high school, and she was must watch. Like she's just really, really something to see. Um, so, you know, the rest of the girls' side here, we have uh, Bonnie Eagle, who I believe has won the team title the last couple years. What are you looking forward to seeing on the girls' side here for festivals? Um, certainly the team race is going to be, be close. Um, Bonnie Eagle has won the last two. Um, they actually lost to Portland last week. They were missing their four and five runners. So they'll have a chance to get back on it. And I don't know if you read too much into that loss at all. It was um, the week before festivals on a tough course where you can easily turn an ankle. So, and the coach might have not had them going all out, and I think we'll definitely see them 
I'm back with a little vengeance this week. Yeah, how do how do teams build um, such strong cross country teams? Is it just you know you you see it in like basketball and football that they have to have like really strong youth programs? But um, what do you think goes into building a kind of a powerhouse like Bonnie Eagle or like Portland, who should be right up there too this year? I think it really comes down to uh, the coach and just kind of the the attitude around the program. I don't think there's anything special. I think, you know, Bonnie Eagle gets out there and trains in the summer, and that gives them the advantage. I mean, it's about commitment and and doing the work when no one's around, when it's not required. I, I think that's really set Bonnie Eagle apart. I mean, obviously, you, you can't be a top program without top athletes, but you just right. don't show up uh, – and run a 5K without doing some work. Yeah. Nope. Good point. Um, okay. On the so we have you know Ruth and and T N Ewings up in Holton as the one two on the girls side from Maine at least. There's obviously teams that come in from um, Canada and other states, but on the on the boys side from Maine we have um, nine people from at 16, 30, and under, and and Maddox Jordan of Noble is the Top ranked 5K time so far at 15:51. He won the mile last year in the Class A um, outdoor state championship. What uh, what excites you on the boys' side here? Well, I think we've got a great field. There's a great field assembled. Uh, some some strong seniors and and, and even underclassmen. Um, Maddox Jordan's been on a roll since ever since the indoor state meet last year where he kicked his way to some state titles, and he continued that outdoors. And uh, he appears to be uh, on track uh, with his 15:51 uh, from last week. I mean, you don't want a, the race to come down to the final 100 uh, with him in the race. Yeah. Um, but um, Nathan Blades of Portland is going to be right there. Um, he's the senior, and he he um, ran 15:49 there last year. So he's the top, actually, top returner in the race from a year ago. And I expect he's got his eyes on running pretty fast. Yeah, no, it should be should be a really fast one. And I, I just wanted to ask you real quick about the the teams on the boys' side. You did a a great thing on main mile split, uh, kind of going head to head with Hamden Academy in Portland, and going running runner by runner, um, and and kind of looking at who has the edge or if it's a toss up. Um, on the team side, last question: Just what are you, what are you looking forward to on the boys' side with the the team race? I know, I know, I picked Portland uh, to win uh, in my article. Um, that's not the slight Hamden Academy, and I think that they they're fully capable of winning. And actually, until they get beat, they should be the the top team. They've been the best team in the state in in at the end of the, the last two seasons. And uh, they put in the work. But uh, this Portland team is senior-laden. I think they've got a little extra motivation this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing how they really match up. But I don't think there's a lot of difference between the teams, even though if you looked at it on paper right now, you'd say Portland has a big edge. But I think that's just uh, the courses Hamden's run on so far. Yeah. That's the that's the hard thing that I try to tell people is um, trying to – kind of compare times this early in the year is difficult because yeah you could run at um coney or oxford hills which is really hilly or you could run at you know auburn middle school where i was from and and that's pretty flat and straightforward so um it can be kind of tough and so 
you kind of probably lean on who's coming back and what they've what they've done so far, right? Yeah, it's difficult to uh, you know predict cross country. Uh, like you said, all the courses are a little bit different, and you also don't know you know from week to week what the plan is, what the coach is given to the athletes for a plan. You know, some coaches, sure. uh, you know, take off or use the meets as workouts or they work on a certain strategy. I mean, it's not every week all out. Certainly cross country, you just can't go out all, all out every week and have something left at the end of the year. Yeah, right. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Derek. Thanks for coming on and, and giving us a little bit of information on the Festival of Champions. I'm sure you'll have quite a bit of content coming from that and uh, for the rest of the championship season. So thanks very much. You're welcome.